And we are live once again. The Sound Advice live stream and podcast is back. I am Justin, also known as the DIY Audio Guy. And here with me is my partner in crime, Nick from Toys DIY Audio. Nick, how are you feeling tonight? Healthy. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. We, yeah, much we missed last week because Nick was under the weather. People, people get sick sometimes. That happens. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like I was just... You know, some people get like seasonal allergies or whatever, and they're like, I just don't feel good. I mean, it was, I was literally sick. I was running a fever and everything. And I was like, this better not be COVID again. <laughs> so, uh, I, which I don't, yeah, it wasn't, but you know, it, it's just, <laughs> you, you get nervous nowadays when, when you right, get a fever. Right, right. Every time my wife gets a little sniffle, she takes a COVID test. It's like, oh, it's what in COVID this time. It's like, eh, eventually it will be. Um, <laughs> eventually. It's, it's, oh, geez. <laughs> eventually it will be. Everyone's going to get it eventually. Um, it's it's a terrible thing, this COVID, but it's here with us. Uh, we can't do anything about it. No. Yeah. Who have we got in the chat? I noticed that uh, El Fuego and Bobby Burkett have already joined us in the chat. Looks like we've got five people watching. Uh, not a big crowd, but that's okay because uh, we're here to talk about audio of all types, uh, no matter how big the crowd. That's right. And you never know who will come. And we got like a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. I'm actually pretty excited about it. Actually, you know, one of the things I do want to mention too, uh, which I haven't really talked to you about it. But I built a uh, or am in the process of building a budget theater in my house and I'm doing it uh, on the on the forum. So on toysdiaudio.com. And of course, uh, I'm going to do it on the channel as well. You'll be you'll be seeing that. But I, it's going like, really well. I feel like I saw uh, some posts and stuff on Facebook or Instagram where you've been working on that. So that is awesome. Yes, and I finally have the, the projector running. The projector is actually a 3D projector, and it converts any 2D to 3D. And we were just watching, right before we came in, me and the kids were watching a 3D movie, and it was phenomenal. I mean, it was like, oh, my goodness. I, I love 3D. I, budget theater, all costs. <laughs> no, cost effective, not costs. <laughs> Now, like I'm, I'm building my own projector screen. I actually already built it, so um, you guys will be able to see that. All kinds of good things, but we'll we'll share that with you guys. Share some tips that I've learned along the way. This is my second theater I've built. All right, I uh, I'm not um, my space isn't set up well for a projector and screen, so I'm going to have to go with TV. And I'm I bought a big TV when I moved into this house, and now that I'm adding stuff to it, I'm beginning to think maybe I want a bigger TV. How <laughs> big a TV could I hang on that wall, dude? Isn't um, it crazy? Like TVs are getting so cheap for the size. I, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, and if you had a 32 inch TV, you were a baller. <laughs> it's like I got a 32 inch TV in my house. Yo, you know, my parents had one of those console TVs. Do you remember yes. those? Yes. Big giant kind of piece of furniture with a TV in it. And everyone who had one of those knows that when the console TV dies, the console TV becomes the stand for the next TV that you buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're too heavy to move. No one wants to move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I when I first got a plasma TV and got rid of the big oh, heavy tube TV, the difference in the weight was just amazing. So I'm glad to get rid of that big heavy thing. Dude, I remember when plasma and LCD first came out and I was selling them. Plasma was the, the best on the market at that time was Pioneer Plasma. They were fantastic. For a 50-inch Pioneer Plasma, it was over 10 grand to uh, get no, it. No, thank you. 
<laughs> I, uh, people were buying them too. Yeah. And that's yeah. the crazy thing to think about. Like 10 grand. Now you can buy a 50 inch television for like under 500 bucks. I think in mine might be a 46 or something like that. And it was, you know, it was from Best Buy and it was one of the, it was their store brand. It was just like, I just need, <laughs> you know, here's how much money I have. What's the biggest TV I can get? I didn't need anything fancy. It just needed to be HDMI. And I think it was, um, I think it's 1080p. It, it works. I'm happy with it. Hey, that's the most important thing is if it works and you're happy with it. I picked up a JVC DILA projector and I got it. On Facebook Marketplace, this is why I always say, look at Facebook Marketplace before you go buy something. I picked up this JVC DILA projector. It's 1080p, 3D, everything that I wanted for four, I think it was $400. You can check the, the forum. It's 400 bucks. Originally $3,500. Um, and that was just a few years ago, like four or five years ago. It, it's had a hundred original hours and came with an extra lamp. You no, know, the lamps are expensive for projectors. Uh, you can you can drop a lot of money on a lamp. Oh yeah, and I gotta tell you, like the the projector lamp from uh, JVC is over. Like it was five hundred some dollars or so, and he gave me one from JVC branded, still brand new in the box, never opened with it. And I'm like, dang, I got a steal on this thing. So you know, you just you never know. Always check Facebook Marketplace for something you want, but look up good brands. JVC. Ben right, right. Q, but you got to be careful with Ben Q because they sell a lot of um, uh, projectors made for home office. So you got to be careful which one you're buying. Right. How yeah. is a home office projector different than a home theater projector? What's what's the difference? Well, they're designed for really bright rooms, right? So like for you to watch with your lights on and everything else. So they don't care so much about color. They care about just being able to see the image when it's projected onto a bright wall. So uh, you're typically not going to get the color accuracy that you want. And you're also gotcha. uh, typically not going to get the deep contrast, like the deeper blacks that you want. Um, things that you're, you know, you're not going to get. Great otherwise. for PowerPoint so, presentations, not good for movies. Exactly. Well, you've seen movies on like projectors at, at schools and stuff. It, they look, they look terrible and it's fine. It's just, they're just not designed for that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I always turn down the lights whenever I'm projecting something. So just a little bit of lighter, you know, less light makes a big difference. Um, so to, today is kind of a continuation of the last show. The last show we did was what's the best stuff that we've used. And the question now is what's the best stuff that we've used. And in terms of tools, what are some of the best tools that we've used? And we want to just talk about tools and of course, in the chat, if you want to uh, ask questions about tools or comment about tools, feel free to do that. And uh, Nick, I'm going to let you kick it off. Tell me, tell me some tools that you've used that you really have enjoyed and are worth the money and, and are the best tools. So when we talk about tools, I want it to be uh, very clear that uh, we're, we're trying not to go over tools that we've shown you before because we have done things on we've we've. We've done videos on tools. So I'm trying to bring you things that uh, either you haven't, you maybe not, don't know about, or maybe something that might make your life a little bit easier. Uh, and so I want to show you something that has made my life a lot easier. And some of you uh, may not realize how amazing this is. So let me go ahead and pull it up. This is called the NVIDIA Shield. Does anyone here know about the NVIDIA Shield? Any, anyone in the chat? Um, I've heard of the NVIDIA Shield. Why don't you go ahead and put it up and I'll see if I can find a way to uh, add right. you to the stream. There we go. 
So this is the NVIDIA Shield. I have two of these. In fact, it just shows me, hey, the last time I bought one was March 6, 2022. So I have two of these. Now, the NVIDIA Shield is, is like a Roku or an Apple TV or something of that nature, but it's an Android-based unit. So most of the apps that you can get on your Android phone, you can get on this. Now, because it's made by NVIDIA, you have a lot of other options with it. Uh, some of the options are you can play Android games with a Bluetooth controller. So if you have like an Xbox One controller, some of that nature, you can connect it to it and you can actually play uh, like Android based games on it. You can also do like emulators. Uh, you can do um, video games. So if you have a video game like computer on your same network, you can actually stream your games over to the NVIDIA Shield. But the reason why I got it is because of this. It does Dolby Vision, does Dolby Atmos does 4K, 4K HDR, everything. And the cool thing is I use a program called Plex. And what Plex is, is it allows me to take all of my Blu-rays and put them on a hard drive on my computer. And then I can stream those Blu-rays to any one of my NVIDIA Shields in the house. I don't lose any video quality. I don't lose any audio quality. So when I'm testing speakers, I need to make sure that my music collection and my movie collection has the highest bit rate possible for me to get to it, uh, to be able to, you know, really hear the, those high resolution files. Uh, and this will do all those high resolution files, including Dolby Atmos, no issues at all um, with no resolution loss. And so for me, that is the biggest thing. And the thing is, I don't have to go in there and swap out like a Blu-ray every two minutes, right? I can just go on there just like I'm on Netflix, scroll on the Plex, select like underwater the beginning of underwater demo that see if i hear any harshness or whatever in the speakers i'm i'm designing and then switch it over to like transformers or whatever just a matter of clicks so it's kind i'm of gonna like tell you what thing. i like i'm gonna tell you what i like about that um you don't need a blu-ray player no and, and so because if you rip all your blu-rays and use plex that's one less device you have to hook up in your home theater and you don't need a roku you don't need other streaming devices you just need that mm -hmm. so so you can have your home theater receiver one hdmi port with that thing hooked up to it and you're done and all your audio so if you have you know all your audio on there you can do that it, they also do like live television shows uh, on plex you can actually watch like live tv uh, a lot of other things in there is, is i plex have a subscription service do you have to subscribe to that so they have plex free which you can do for free and then they have a one-time subscription fee which is a hundred dollars and then that's a lifetime oh so it's very inexpensive if you want to do that if you do that that gives you hdr uh like without that you don't get hdr your 4k movies and things of that nature so it's for me it's worth it i i bought the lifetime membership but i would say so for it's, sure it's, it's it's hdr so you can record live tv with it or whatever you're watching with it uh huh. no hdr is high dynamic range uh you're oh. thinking yeah it's not a recorder what is high dynamic range high dynamic range is like your new 4k tvs they offer uh higher dynamic range so dolby vision is a consistent there's hd10 dolby vision a bunch of different kinds that that do that but yeah all right well that's cool i didn't know it could do all that i thought it was just like an expensive roku no uh, but i i will just say the nv well and it is a lot more expensive than a roku like a roku is like 130 and the professional version of this is like 200 
you know, well, you so, can get a Roku a lot cheaper than that, can't you? Like the Roku stick is like 50 bucks, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm considering the ultra. But I will tell you what, the video quality is significantly better on the NVIDIA Shield, mm-hmm. the audio quality. And then when you think about it, it's also a gaming device. Like if you have, so for example, I have games on this computer and I just stream it to that, to every one of my TVs now. And now I can play my video games on my TV. So I played Lord of the Rings Lego the other day with my kids <laughs> on the TV. And I didn't okay. have to go into my office and that's like huddle so around you, my 32 inch screen. You, you don't need, you know, you don't need a PlayStation. You can just use that and it will do all that for you. Yes. And of course, if you've got a PlayStation, it'll stream as well and you can watch Netflix on the PlayStation. And also it's a Blu-ray player. So, so exactly. you would, you would buy that over a blue, over a PlayStation. Then. Uh, I would buy it over pretty much anything. Um, but I mean, it's really a streaming thing. So I'd buy it over a Roku and I'd buy it over that. I would buy it over a PlayStation just because I like computer games more because you can usually get them cheaper and whatever. Oh, yeah. But I, I want to uh, answer I, this. 25 Hertz Life said, hey, do I have any preference THX or Dolby Atmos? And so I want to clarify that THX is a standard. It's not actually uh, an audio, you know, like uh, an audio packet or Atmos, you know, Atmos just allows you to t- it tells the speakers you know what what sounds to play and thx is, is actually a standard that says hey you should have these connected at 80 hertz and um so they're not really the same thing but i, I love atmos by the way love atmos cool i talked for way too long i apologize well i'm going to um i did a video on this a couple of weeks ago it wasn't terribly well viewed and we didn't get to this the last time we uh we talked uh, but you know, we asked the question, you know, what's the best stuff we tried? And the question I've got uh, is what is the best way to set your gains? Mm-hmm. And uh, so y'all know the backstory. Y'all know that Steve Mead sent me a pair of these right here. And I've done extensive testing with these things. And I made several videos and I'm ready to definitively say that uh, from a standpoint of setting gains, this is the best way to set your gains. But I want to qualify what I mean <laughs> by best. Uh, by best, I mean the easiest, most reliable way to do it. And what you've got to remember is that if you're like, say, running a shop, you might have some kid who's an install tech today and yesterday was flipping burgers. <laughs> true. Right. And so if you're running a shop, you absolutely ought to be using these right here because they're just so simple, consistent. That's the way to go. But they're also the most expensive way to set your gains. And, and for that reason, what I've noticed, and that's one thing that's kind of cool about affiliate links is you can see what people buy. Even though I've done four or five videos on these things, no one's ever clicked on a link and bought one. That's kind of funny, actually. You know, I think it's because I feel the same way. Like I do a lot of videos on the Omni mic, which I love, but a lot of people don't need the Omni mic, right? Like it's cool, but they would rather have the Umic one. Yeah. They'd rather have the Lumi. And I, I get it. I mean, the Lumi's a hundred bucks or less. You can get it as low as 80. If you keep an eye out on it, out for it, it will do the exact same thing. Plus it's a multimeter. And my argument for this is don't buy a digital multimeter, buy one of these because it has the extra functionality uh, and there's cheaper scopes out there as well. And so, you know, just because it's the best doesn't mean it's what you might want to use. And what I've noticed is my viewers don't use the, well, my, a lot of you use the DD one. Uh, but my viewers don't watch my videos and go, okay, that sealed the deal. I'm going to buy a DD one. They watch my videos and they say, okay, I'd rather have this one. <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say, I need to buy one of those Lumis. I don't have one. I should buy one. 
Um, I would, I have two of them. I have the older version. I would offer to ship you my older version, but it sucks. No, just and just the, the screen version. resolution is terrible. Like, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hey, curse I, my worst enemy with that thing. I'll send you mine, but it's terrible and it's broken and it doesn't work. <laughs> Do you want it? No, thanks. Uh, I need to sell the, the old Lumi or something. Actually, I just use the old Lumi as a, as a multimeter now. And so, uh, cause my multimeter died. I've had the same multimeter for five or six years and it just randomly bit the dust. It's a little $30 item from Walmart. It did, it did worked great for a while. And then one day it stopped working. So I want to say something to live in loud with Andy because living loud with you, Andy said he, he loves his Roku. I got to say, I loved my Roku as well until I understood the limitations of it. And the limitations for me is if I'm hooking up Plex on a Roku, you don't get uncompressed audio. That's a problem. I need uncompressed audio, you know? So when you start really caring about your audio and your video, that's when you jump from Roku to an Nvidia shield. Or if you play a lot of computer games. Well, okay. I named I named a best tool. Now, what's name some, another one because I I talk too much on the first one. You, I, I'm one. the one who talks too much. I'm I'm, I'm I never talk. Uh, I never shut up talking. So okay, here's one that I use a lot, and um, and I think this is a, this is a, this is a interesting one. All right, you're gonna laugh at this, but do you know what that is? A hot glue gun. It is not just any hot glue gun. It's wireless. It's cordless. It uses the it uses the Ryobi battery that plugs into the base, and you and you just plug the battery onto it, hit the power switch, sit cool. in there, and not having a dang wire, a power wire, hanging on the back of the hot glue gun. I had to do some hot glue on this thing right back here, and I never could have gotten the glue gun in there if I'd have had the dragon wire in with it. And so. Um, I, I recommend that you get one of these cordless hot glue guns if you do a lot of hot glue because I'm loving mine. Uh, they sell the smaller one and they sell a larger one too. It's so funny that you say I was going to say a hot glue gun. And I got to tell you too, don't buy the cheap hot glue gun, the $10 hot glue gun if you're buying one. Buy one that's like a high power, like turns on and warms up because otherwise you're waiting like 30 minutes for your hot glue to warm up or something this one takes a little while it's not a high power high-end hot glue gun and so oh, when no. i know i need it I'll, I'll get it out and set out ahead of time and when i use one of the big you know four amp hour batteries it's it's fine it'll 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 it'll, it'll hold heat forever okay yeah because that's all that was all i used to use those cheap ones that were like ten dollars and i was like Oh, like push it and i'm like this stinks and then i bought like a nice like the wall which wasn't even it was like twice the price like 20 bucks and i'm like oh this is amazing like it changed oh, yeah. my life i've been using a little cheap no-name blue one that my uh wife bought when she was like in college or something so it's like a 30 year old glue gun at this <laughs> point and it's like well it works and and this one this one's a better glue gun than that one but you can get into tight spots and i like that um all right, here's one that I have on mine. And I have not, I'm going to preface this and tell you that I have not personally used this specific kit before. But uh, you want to throw that up there real quick? Oh, what do you got here? You got, what brand is that? Removal kit. Oh, that's so, a huge kit, dude. I, I know that. So that's why I said I haven't used this particular one. By the way, someone said that they really liked the new uh, video on the DKAB boards. And I can't find it, but thank you. I appreciate that. I, I put a lot of work into that, a lot of effort. So I hope you guys do like those. Those are those are really interesting boards. If you haven't seen that video, you should watch it because 
I find I find them to be fascinating. I've, I know you have one too, right? I've got one, and I'm I'm gonna get around to making a video of it. I need to do that because well, Parts Express sent it to me, so I gotta make a video, and I'm kind of excited to use it too. So, what is this? Is it like one of those Christmas tree packs in there? So they got so many cool things in this. Now, I usually just use the trim removal pieces, which are these plastic pieces, which help you remove your trim so you don't break the tabs on them because that's the worst thing in the world. But what I noticed is it has like these, see these U-shaped ones? Those are to get like the old Ford radios out. And then it has... Yes, those. <laughs> They're on my list, right? Because, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it, old school guys who have had a Ford, right? I had a Ford Taurus at, yes. gosh, when did I, I, it was 16 years ago. For some reason, I've managed to save these for 16 years because <laughs> I, one day I might have a Ford again and might have to pop the radio out. They don't, I mean, the newer Fords don't use these, but the old Fords is what they used. And if you I, didn't have this, you're not getting the radio out. And they're like 10 or 15 bucks by themselves. So then you're like, I used to use old. Oh, Crutchfield's got them for six bucks, man. Oh, really? Okay. Well, they yeah, I got a link to Crutchfield down in the description. They're six bucks. Oh, that's even better. But how much uh, does that get? So this is like 30 bucks, but $28. It comes with all your plastic pieces. It's got the metal ones too. And then it comes with your extra tabs because you know that some of these screws you're going to break. Oh, my right? break. I break five or six of those every time I look at a car. I know. And, and if you go, <laughs> like, if you wait for like, if you go to AutoZone or something, you know you're going to pay up the wazoo for like two of them. You're going to pay like five bucks for two or something. And it's like, oh. And then they have the metal like dentist tools, which I love to like when I need to run wire behind like something or something. Uh, so I I don't know. I, I feel like this kit right here is like a really good price kit, but I can't tell you exactly how good the quality is because I've. And it's, it's got the uh, pieces up above the Ford piece where you can slide in and get like the, the Audi radios and stuff like that out, right? The, the German yes. ones. And then it's got your special tools here too uh, for your special removals that you need. Uh, I don't usually need those, but you know, the fact that it has all of this, it's one of those things that, you're not continuing to have to go back to the store and buy something being like, oh, I didn't realize I needed this. You should have it all right there. You shouldn't. Nothing that I can think of off the top of my head would you all of a sudden need that you don't have in that kit. So it looks like a really cool kit to me. I like it. That is cool. That is cool. Well, I brought a prop. Um, and the one thing that kit doesn't have that <laughs> it needs is the metal one. Um, and I've, I've, again, I mentioned this before when we've done a tool show, I probably shouldn't have mentioned it again, but this is a must have, uh, my wife's car is a Kia and there's this one little piece of trim under the radio. You got to pop off. It ain't coming off with, uh, I've got, I've got guns. bad audio. Everyone's saying that my internet and my audio is bad. Um, I don't know what to do about that. There's probably someone in the house streaming something right now. So <laughs> hopefully they're streaming you. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? There's probably a, 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 a two two kids playing an online game. My wife is probably watching something on Netflix downstairs. We're probably hammering the uh, hammering the internet right now. Yeah, you're fine right now. By the way, it, it was a little earlier. You were a little choppy, but you're good again. All right, but yeah, that's a must-have. You, you get that thirty-dollar kit you just got, and one of these for ten or twelve bucks, and you're all set. Um, mine's actually beginning to wear out a little bit. It's beginning to get less, less sharp on the end as I've been using it a lot. Dude. I remember when I used to take the trim off without those tools because Screwdrivers. you used, yes. And then you would scratch the trim work or something and you'd be like, Oh, those things are, are, they're such, they're such 
a lifesaver. Save yourself some money. Buy one of those kits. It doesn't buy something like that. If you even if you don't get either of those things, I like that metal one though. That that would I could see where that would be a problem. Nick, you can link those two four channel boards together. Have you thought? Yes, you can. So uh, you can do a slave and a master between the two DKAB boards. So you could have eight channels on those on those boards. Yes. So the um, main reason why you would do that for most people is to either do a three channel and a four channel speaker because, uh, you know, you need at least, you know, three outputs. So if it's a four channel board, you can't do three outputs on it. So you can master and slave them together. Hmm. Now, the reason why you master and slave them together versus DSP and each other board is if you have a master volume, turn that master volume up, you could also just take that four channel board, right? Uh, well, and and then of course your Bluetooth would then work on both of them, and you know there's there's a lot of reasons why you'd master and slave. I don't want to talk anymore. All right, I got one for you here, and this is one of those things that I kind of got on accident. <laughs> All right, it's a Dremel, right? Oh, um, right and on. the Dremel brand is probably not that important, but it is one of these butane torches. Uh yeah, and it's got the. Uh, Got the soldering iron tips on it. So you can use this as your butane soldering iron. And oh, so this has been cool. really useful. And it's one of those things that I bought it. And I was thinking uh, the story was it was going to be a Christmas gift for uh, for, a, for a dirty Santa. And that was the, uh, <laughs> the Christmas where I totally wrecked my back and I couldn't go. And so I got to keep it instead of giving it away. Um, and I thought, what am I going to do with this thing? You know, I've got a soldering iron. I don't need this butane one. And I tried it. And it's like, oh, this is the best thing ever because... No wires. I don't have a wire bothering me. And I, I wish that I would have um, started with the butane uh, torch ages ago. And so I'm thinking about getting another one. I absolutely love it. And so I'm, I'm sure other brands are just as good. It's just butane. You don't have to have it. The Dremel brand's kind of pricey, but I, I really like mine. Mine's great. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You could also, if you're careful with it, you can uh, heat up your uh, heat shrink too. You know, yes, shrink yes. And I saw someone oh. in the chat say they use their butane torch to heat up their glue sticks whenever, <laughs> whenever they are in a hurry. <laughs> you, know, um, you know what I did not put on the list? What's that? Because of you. But I bought it because of you. What's that? Um, the the rip cut by Craig. Oh, Craig the rip cut. You've got yeah. one now. I did. I bought one because my, my wife got tired of helping me cut wood. And I was like, <laughs> I should oh. buy this. Okay, this is okay. The other um, one of our previous times we we're talking about our wish list for tools, and I said I'd like to get a saw stop. I think it might have been when uh, when James Taylor was on with this, when oh, JT yeah, yeah. was on. Yeah. And someone in the chat mentioned, um, I think it was Stu's custom audio um, uh, auto shop, and mentioned it. And he said, go for a track saw. And uh, Ryobi's got a track saw out now that I saw the other day on on the internet. And so since I've got Ryobi batteries, I'm thinking about checking out their track saw instead of investing $6,000 into a saw stop. So if I get a bigger building, uh, that's what I'm going to I'm going to do a track saw, you know, somewhere where you can put it on a, a big enough table where you can cut into the table or a little, you know, whatever. Because I, I love the idea of a track saw. Track saw is a great idea. But... um. Well, you know, I could take they're, a four by eight sheet of plywood okay. and I, I could put a four by eight sheet of plywood in the back of my truck and slide it out onto a four by eight sheet of plywood, uh, you know, workbench. And then, you know, put some insulation 
clamp it down. or something between the workbench and the and the piece of you know plywood and off you go with the track saw so i'm seriously considering going for the roby track saw it's a good idea you know the only thing that i wish a lot of track a lot, a lot of track saws don't have but i like the track saws that have where you can hook up a uh, a vacuum to it oh yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't get one without that the dust collection's important Oh, I know. Yeah. Dust goes everywhere, even with the dust collection, but still you need to be able to, to do that. All right. Let's see. I'm going to put this. This is one I use all the time. And this is one that I really do stand behind. It's a brand I stand behind. It's one I've been using. I've been using the same brands a lot. And it tells me I've purchased other variations of this, which I, I bought oh, yeah. this one. I guess it's a different variation because some of them come with like more tips or something. I don't know. So this one must have came with more tips. It's probably if you just click on one of these other ones, it's one of these ones. But um, this is the Xtronic 3060. It heats up really fast. It does a really great job of heating up quickly. Uh, it has the helping hands here, which really do help. And they connect to the station, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it, has with, this, it comes with a desoldering uh, um, thing, right? So you can suck the solder out. Yeah, well, you're talking about like the clean. Yeah, it comes like the, the cleaning place. I don't think it comes with like the, uh, the the silver thing with the blue on the end of it. This. Yeah. So that didn't come with mine, but you're right. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's like a way to suck the solder off when you heat up. Yeah, you're right. So that's why I'm saying like mine was probably a different variation. Didn't come with some of this stuff, but you know, pick the one that you want. They're all, they just show you, you know, there's different kits here. I think I got, I think I got this kit. Gotcha. $75 or whatever. But this thing is like the greatest investment. You can fine tune it. It tells you what the real temperature is. It tells you what the set temperature is. Cause if you're soldering for a while, or if you let it cool for a while, uh, it does automatically. Uh, I think, you know, I don't want to say that, but I'm pretty sure it does. Like if you haven't used it for a while, it'll it'll cool itself down. Um, I always shut mine off because I'm very conscientious because of the kids. Uh, and then I right. have your, um, you know, your magnifying glass and everything. But uh, I, I, I like have... the helping hands built into the station. I've got a set of helping hands. I'm always knocking the damn things over. Yes. You know. It's a pain, isn't it? Like, oh yeah, I, I hate them. I mean, they were great when I first tried them, and, and the 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 alligator clips on them are too strong. They they'll cut into the wire insulation. Yes, and that's and that's why I like that they have the the rubber on them mm -hmm. because that rubber really helps prevent that. Unless you overheat it, and then you're going to melt that rubber. You I know, put some heat shrink on mine. Um, oh, that's to, a good idea. Yeah, and it still, I mean, <laughs> didn't help that much. It's still too much. I I will just tell you the Xtronics brand. If you're interested in one. I'm highly, highly recommending the Xtronic. I started with the cheaper one, which I think was the 3020. And then I've worked my way up to the 3060. And the 3060 is where I'd start. I wouldn't, the 3020 is like $55. So it's like $20 savings. But it's, to me, the difference is so much more. Oh, you got the stall. This stall. is the one. So the stall has more than one. So stall is a Parts Express brand. And for those who don't know, the guy who owns Parts Express, his last name is Stall. Um, and so, um, so it's kind of, you know, he puts his definitely got his name on it and there's more than one of these and I like this one. It's fine. And I know you've tried one before and you said, Oh, it sucks, but it was not going to model level down. Right. And so, but this one is 62 bucks. And the one you just showed was how much was that? 
Uh, I think it was around 75 with all the extra ends and everything. Yeah. For 15 more bucks, I would go with yours. I I'm happy with this one. Um, I like the idea of a station. Before this, I just had a, an iron that I got from Radio Shack. And the problem with that is I'm not too good at taking care of my tips. And I can't find tips from Radio Shack anymore because I can't find a damn Radio Shack anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm going to agree with high-fiving. I've never used that stall, so I can't say anything about it. But in general, I have not liked the stall soldering stations. But that one might be great. It could be I, great. I, it, it was much better than the Radio Shack iron that I was using before. Yeah, I use those too. They take like three hours to heat up. And then when they finally are, there's no variable. Like mine wasn't variable. I don't know. Was yours variable or? No, no, not, yeah. the, not the Radio Shack one. I had two different Radio Shack ones. I had one of the, the big ones that are kind of gun style that you can buy at the at Home Depot. And I never liked that one either. Um, I kept just literally melting the tips off those. I'm not good at this. This is one of those areas where I really struggle. But there's just something about when you're soldering and like you've got things heated up just right and you can watch the stuff wick into the wire. There's just a moment of zen. It's like, oh, oh, did it right that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I am going to agree. I, I mean, for the little bit more money, I'd probably go with the Xtronic. It's almost double the wattage. You know, it's got the other... It's and I, I don't know why I like to know exactly what temperature I'm on. So I like the digital display versus the analog display. That's fair. But honestly, I don't it doesn't really matter. What we're trying to say is get a good soldering iron either way. You know, it doesn't matter right. if you don't want to get one that we like, just get a good one. Don't buy that cheap Radio Shack ten dollar one that you get. Oh. Or the one well, you, you get for free at Harbor Freight. <laughs> what? <laughs> you can't you can't find a Radio Shack anymore in Harbor Freight. Stop getting away the freebie. So that's where yeah. you're at. Well, you're then just buy a good one anyway. Right. With as much as you end up solder, even if you solder like four or five times, a good soldering station will save you so much time and headache. It's worth it. Right, right. Just the stress. You're, you're better off with it. This is, you know, I'm not one of these buy once, cry once kind of people, or if you're not buying the best tool, you're you're doing it wrong. But don't buy the worst tool either. Don't buy the worst one. <laughs> Just don't That's... buy the worst one. <laughs> so, all right. So here's, all right, here's another one I'm going to show because I think this is a, a good idea for people. Here's the deal. Clamps are expensive. I think we both agree that clamps can be expensive. Good clamps can be expensive. Yes, yes. So this is what I recommend doing, which is um, buying a set of these. Uh, you can buy these in different sizes. This is the three quarter inch pipe set. You can buy it in one half inch. You can buy them in all kinds. But if you want good clamps, and here's the deal. A lot of people say, well, why do I care about this over like Harbor Freight? Because I have a bunch of the Harbor Freight ones. There is a problem with the Harbor Freight ones. And I do use them a lot. So you guys see them in the video all the time. They don't have a lot of clamping strength. Mm -hmm. So like if you're really trying to get something real tight, you end up having to use a lot of them because they don't really clamp and they don't have a lot of, so the clamping force is, is pretty minimal on these. Something like this gives you a lot more clamping force, which I like. And all you have to do is get three quarter inch threaded rod on one end because one side does go on the threaded rod. And I have a bunch of these as well. And the other side just kind of this side over. Whoop. The other side, this side, locks on the other side this does not need to be the threaded side the cool thing about this is for 30 bucks uh you can make up to four different clamps and you can do in any different size you want so if you need like a four foot one you you can make a four foot one just by buying a four foot pole or probably you want to buy like a 52 inch or 54 inch pole. you know you want a six foot whatever you know two foot you can make whatever size that you need 
Uh, and you can take them off and use them for other projects. So you can see this guy used them some, for some really big projects. Uh, and that's what I like about these. You can buy threaded rod right at Home Depot, Lowe's, wherever, wherever you want to buy your threaded rod from. So um, I, I managed to acquire some of these recently. Uh, my next door neighbor, uh, he retired and moved back up north and he had a yard sale and he tried to sell everything. You know, he had all kinds of tools and stuff and no one, no one bit on him. He couldn't get anyone to buy them. And wow. And I had plenty of clamps. And I didn't have space for them because I'm completely out of space for stuff right now. I need, I need more space desperately. Um, and you know, he's packing up and he didn't have room for them on the moving truck. And he was like, you want them? And I'm like, yeah, well, okay, I'll take them. And so there you go. I picked up some and they're just sitting in a lean up against a wall somewhere. And, have you you haven't used them yet? I haven't used them yet. No, no. Yeah, you'll love them when you start using those. You'll oh yeah. Love them. But he's got them on like some four or five foot lengths of pipe, and I haven't need to clamp something that big yet. So, but that, they they seem to work just fine. See, I almost recommended the Rockler bar clamps, which I use quite often as well, and I do like them. I buy them whenever they go on sale a lot. But honestly, that's a better value. Because mm -hmm. the Rockler bar clamp, like a two foot bar clamp, first of all, you're stuck at two feet. You're not going to get anything. Right. You know, if you need bigger, you can't make it bigger. And then what, you know, on sale, maybe $25 a piece or something. So this, yeah. I like the idea better. I, my dream is for all my clamps to match. <laughs> right. I just, and they're all mismatched. They're all, I've got some Bessies and I got some Harbor Freight and I've got some <laughs> other ones that I've gotten from who knows where I've got some, uh, the blue ones from Lowe's and it's like, yeah, there's 10 different colors of clamps there and it just looks bad on video. So one day, one day I'm going to have all my clamps look exactly the same. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of with you. I like the idea of them looking similar and I like the idea of value. Like that's the thing that I always look at, you know, what's the better value. Could I buy a bar clamp already assembled? Sure. But if you can get four of those for, you know, what was it like 30 bucks or something? And if you want the half inch, you save even more money. Cause that was a three quarter inch. The half inch are a little bit cheaper and the half inch bars cheaper. So, yep. How much uh, is the three quarter inch, inch pipe? Better. How much is the three quarter inch pipe? Is it expensive? It depends on where you buy and what you buy. So, you know, it would almost depend on and what size you want, right? Like if you bought, let's say you bought an eight foot one and it's um, and it's threaded on both sides. If you cut that wherever you cut it at, now you'll have two bar clamps because you need that threaded end on either side. So I always say, you know, if you're going to buy one that's threaded on both sides, buy one that's longer than what you want. And then cut it in half or cut it in multiple spots. So that way you can, you know, like one at 12 inch and one at, you know, 36 inch. If you get a four foot, then you have a three foot and a one foot clamp. Yep. Yep. I got a question for you, Nick. Do you do a lot of crimping? I crimp. I, I am only when I get on the dance floor. <laughs> I think that's something different. What oh. do you use for um, for large gauge wire? Do you fool with much large gauge wire? Because you you don't do much car audio, so you're not running a lot of power wire. Um, so if you had to say crimp one of High Five Vegas Big Three kits or something like that, what would you use? I would honestly, I'd probably just solder it on. <laughs> <laughs> High Five Vegas says that uh, crimping ain't easy. Where's he at? He was here a second ago. There we go. <laughs> it ain't. I mean, um, but yeah, I, I know you have a better way to do it. So you tell, I would so, solder and then I would. 
So this is a 16, it's an 18 ton hydraulic crimper. And so it's just got a handle and you, you crank down on the handle to crimp. And what I want to say about this one is again, you don't want to buy the cheapest hydraulic crimper out there because when I bought a hydraulic crimper, I ordered it off Amazon and it was the cheapest hydraulic crimper on Amazon at the time. It was like a 10 ton, 10 tons is plenty of strength to crimp the wire, but I absolutely hate the one that I have. And I'm eager to replace it with pretty much anything else. Uh, this one is a down for sound. Uh, it's branded. It has like kind of their colors and it has their logo on it somewhere, I think. And if you didn't want a down for sound branded one, they sell one of the down for sound shop. It's also a 16 ton that doesn't have their name all over it. And uh, I definitely want to want to get away from the one that I've got now. The next time I do any kind of car audio install where I've got to crimp some power wire, I'm definitely going to do, do that, going to upgrade mine. Um, so this is, again, one of those scenarios where you okay, don't buy the $25 one from uh, um, uh, from Amazon because that seller's going to disappear and you'll never get your money back if it's crap. <laughs> um, maybe the one from Harbor Freight is okay. They've got one that's not terribly expensive, but I think that I'm going to go full on and get and get the down for sound one when I'm ready to upgrade. And so I've got a link to this one down in the, uh, down in the description. And so if you're going to do, if you're going to do the big lugs, I recommend get a good one. Uh, you know, again, does it have to be the most expensive one? No, but don't buy the cheapest one. You know, <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I, I like that idea. I don't, I, you know, like I said, I, I probably would solder, but I don't, you know, you guys probably, there's probably at least 10 people in there laughing at me for saying that, but, um, you know, speaking of connectors, I want to show these. I went ahead and just sent a comment to it because this is not one of the things that uh, I shared originally. But so have you have you used connectors. these? Yeah. So I bought this? a okay, I bought a kit a long time ago with a bunch of various connectors in it, spade connectors and whatnot, and it had male bullet connectors, but no female. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> what in the actual hell am I going to do with a male connector with no female connector female to put friend. it in? Yeah, that doesn't work. My <laughs> no, <laughs> no, the, it does not work. That last That's no radio, fun at all. <laughs> that last radio I I uh, reviewed had. I believe it was the female bullet connectors on there. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And so then I can do the mail. Here's the deal. Like for us, we test car audio quite a bit. And we might switch out a head unit in our car a couple times a month or whatever. This is a great way to do that without having to worry about cutting and restripping and recrimping all the time. Right. It makes it so simple. So I put these now on. I put these on both of my cars now. Uh, and I can't remember which end I put on, <laughs> which end I'll know when I take it out. Uh, but I bought like a bunch of these, the size that I need, which I, I needed the pink size, but, uh, which I think most people are going to need for most of the things that we use. Although yellow might be for some people. Uh, and literally when I take it out, I just snap them off and then snap the new ones on. So I can have the new connector or the new wiring harness already set and ready and it takes me a lot less time to install the car radio. So I'm a huge fan of this, uh, especially if you're uh, working on upgrading and things of that nature. Uh, like I said, I didn't actually connect this, but when, when you, I didn't link this, but when you had mentioned that, I was like, man, I should mention these bullet connectors. These are kind of cool. I've, um, so uh, for my stereo, um, for the the door speakers, I didn't want <laughs> new wires to the doors because it's kind of hard to run through everything. Um, and I just used uh, spade connectors uh, just down the street. I forget if it's AutoZone or, or Advanced Auto Parts down the street from me. They've got some watertight 
uh, male and female spade connectors that I've, that I've used and it worked well. So no difference, you know, a spade connector, bullet connector does the same thing, but, uh, but that's cool. I like that idea. And again, you know, I would use, I would use bullets more often, but seriously, I have a kit that has all male bullet connectors in it. (laughs) And here's the funny thing too, that we should mention to people. Um, make sure you get insulated, whatever. (laughs) Yes. You don't want to short things back out there. Right. I guess I'm right. supposed I'm going to get in trouble by someone because I'm not soldering back there in the car. I, I'll tell you what, I've never had to, I've never worried about, I've never had any issues without soldering. So maybe I've gotten lucky. I've, uh, I've used the crimp caps that, uh, Crutchfield sells the very first time I got oh, yeah. back into it and wasn't really confident in my ability to use that soldering iron. I, I used those and those, those worked. Okay. I didn't have a problem with them, but for you and I testing, Oh yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense because you're. I'm gonna have a new car radio in there in a month, probably. Right. I mean, I'm always. I haven't changed the radio out in a long time, but I'm always popping something in and out. Yeah. Well, I started like I I was doing that, and then all of a sudden I got to the point like where I was looking at my Lincoln, and I was like, dude, these connectors are kind of getting short. I don't know how many more times I have to. <laughs> right. <do this."> right. <laughs> like I better. I better think of something else fast. One of the things I hope to do with the truck in the future is I'm seriously thinking about just pulling the back seat out and just having it set up where I can pop things in and out quickly. And I'm always rewiring amps or something. So it's, it'd be nice to be able to do that. So um, what else do we got here? Let me see here. Um, okay. You, you know, you got to have a good, a good pocket knife. I think just being able to grab a pocket oh, yeah. knife and cut something with, and I wanted to show off this cool knife that uh, kicker sent me. Not long ago, Kicker sent me a, a, a package full of swag and they sent me a couple of shirts and they sent me a stool. I was posting pictures of that not long ago. And so a nice pocket knife is always good to have. And so this one's beginning to get dull. I need to go sharpen it. But a, a good pocket knife should be in your uh, in your toolkit. But I'm a big fan of the razor blade knives that snap off, you know, the snap off knives. Uh, because it gets dull, snap it off, throw it away. Off you go. Or I like the ones that are like that knife that you have, but then take uh, a box cutter. Oh yeah, I've got some of those. I've got I like those a lot. Uh, just pop the razor blade out when it gets dull, toss it. Um, when you're doing when you're cutting carpet and you're trying to carpet a box, you you just need the knife to be sharp constantly. Feel free to throw away the razor twenty times when you're doing it because it's going to look like crap if you don't. Absolutely. What have you got here? So this is one of the things I wish someone else would have told me about a lot sooner. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever used any of these? So I picked up a pair from Harbor Freight and I used them when I was building the, uh, the Dinas back here. Mm-hmm. And what I found was that the ones from Harbor Freight had this huge, you know, cable, right? The, the, the strap was huge yeah. and it was such a pain in the rear to get that huge strap wrapped around everything and out of the way. But I'm looking at this Bessie and it's got a, a, a ratchet on there, yes. a, a reel. So it's got a reel. And I'm looking at it going, well, hell, it's twice as much as the Harbor Freight one, but I'm throwing the Harbor Freight one away and I'm buying one of these. But you, and that's the thing, you only need two of these, right? Like usually you typically only need two of these. Now, here's the benefit of something like this. Typically, when you want to glue together like a speaker box, what you have to do is you have to glue all the sides and then you have to glue the top and bottom because Mm -hmm. you can't have, it's hard to get all the clamps on like that. But with this, you can glue the sides on, right? All four sides at the same time and the top and bottom all at the same time. And this usually can stay out of the way of the clamps, which is nice. This um, is and really sh- good if you've got something that's been CNC cut. 
Um, yeah. And so yeah. if someone, if you've got something that's been CNC'd in uh, the picture, it shows uh, on a picture frame, it's kind of what it's designed for. So it's a little bit awkward to put on a speaker box, but if you've got a CNC cut box, like these, these boom boxes and stuff that we've built and stuff, if it's CNC'd two of those and a couple of clamps and you're good to go. Anything you want to keep. I mean, as long as they're cut around the same size, it's going to work well on it. You know, I mean, if you're an eighth of an inch off, it's still going to work, you know, oh, yeah. and that's that's the thing that I love about these. You can keep it nice and square while you're gluing it up and still glue the bottom and the top on at the same time if you need to. And I have those Harbor Freight ones, too, and I hate them. I do. I just they're I, I'm the same way with you. Getting them to stay is good. There, There's other ones that they sell that do different angles, but the best thing I like because they stay at 90 and 99% of the time when you're building speakers, you want it to be a 90 degree angle. You don't want it to be, you know, anything other than that. So there's no reason to buy something different and they're a good brand. Everyone knows Bessie. Oh, Bessie. You're muted, Justin. Myself, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I like the look of the Bessie clamp. I'm seriously thinking about just going all in and going with, with those. Um, well, they're cheap, our, right? 20 bucks. I mean, you only I mean, need Bessies aren't that, you know, you can get them at home Depot. They're, they're not that far out of line. I mean, no, I mean, uh, well, I mean like, well, Bessie clamps are typically very expensive, but I'm going to say like 20 bucks for one of those is, yeah, it's a good, it's a good price. <laughs> all right. So this is the next tool I want to show off that I think is a cool tool everyone ought to have in their toolbox. Doesn't have to be Ryobi, doesn't have to be um, you know, a cordless one, but this RotoZip, right? And so I bought this whenever I did the custom uh, door pods video because I needed to cut out the, um, the holes for the door pods. And I, this thing did a great job. It's like a small router. I, I, I really liked it. It was great. I would recommend if you don't have a RotoZip, I mean, go get one. I'm sure the cheap one at Harbor Freight will do the job, but I like the RotoZip. Dude, you are all in on Ryobi, aren't you? You know, I'll tell you why I went all in on Ryobi. Um, because I wanted a cordless lineup that had everything that I needed, and I didn't want to spend way too much money on it. And yeah. I really wanted to go with Milwaukee, but when you look at the Milwaukee stuff, it's all like, oh, wow, that's kind of pricey. And I'll show you the thing that made me go with Ryobi. I got it right here. It was this guy. Um, oh yeah. So the uh, cordless Brad nailer for Milwaukee is 300 bucks. Wow. And the one for Obi is a hundred. And I thought to myself, I'd love to go all in on Milwaukee, but I'm not spending 300 bucks on a cordless Brad nailer at, at the time. It wouldn't have been feasible. Um, now this one is not the most reliable. It misfires a lot. Like it just doesn't shoot. And I wonder if I need to grease it or something, but, uh, and it's really oh, bulky. Yeah. Right. It's really bulky, um, but I like it a lot and it's been a great tool. And one of the things I'm trying to do is get away from extension cords because I find myself, you know, plugging in lights so I can film and then plugging in extension cords so I can cut something. And then there's extension cords all over the damn place and there are trip hazards. And I'm just getting tired of stumbling over extension cords and knocking over my lights. Every time I knock over a light, it costs 20 bucks because the lights we use, these daytime lights are, are the bulbs are expensive. So. So you don't have, so that doesn't use compressed air at all. No, no, it's, it's all battery. You know, that actually is nice. I, I could have used that when I was building the theater room the other day. I'm not going to, yeah, would have been nice. Cause I, I brought up the little pancake compressor and everything. I, I, I went all in, I'm pretty much in the DeWalt infrastructure. Not that I 
couldn't buy something different. Um, especially at that price. Cause that's, you know, that's a cheaper price. I mean, that, the DeWalt's around 300 as well. So while we're on router topics, any recommendations for trim router? I bought the little DeWalt trim router. I think they sell it at Lowe's and stuff for like 140. It's nice. I got the cordless maybe. one for my Obi. It doesn't have any power. It's weak as water. Yeah, the DeWalt one is is good. And I will tell you this. Uh, it's the one that a lot of people use on their CNC. And that's the reason why I have it is because I used it on my old Shiboko before I sold it. So did DeWalt just use a trim router on, on the... I'm sorry, you, did you just say that? You used a trim router on your CNC. The, the original CNC Shapeoko uses a DeWalt trim router. They don't anymore. Now they use okay. their own trim router, but yeah, not my new one. My new one uses a, a huge spindle, but yeah, you'd want a bigger, bigger router than that. Yeah. Well, obviously that's why I said, I don't like Shapeoko. <laughs> well, there's a lot of reasons why I don't like that, but you're, you are correct. Jeez. <laughs> uh, All right. I'm going to bring this out because Hi-Fi Vega is in the chat. And this is something that Hi-Fi Vega kind of shared with us a long time ago. And he's right. This is one of the things. This is kind of like the largest, best value that I found. But this is a uh, silicone mat. It's nothing special. It's $10 for a 23 by 16. Um, and you can get, there's a bigger one as well. That you can get that's uh what size is the large one i can't remember it's like does here, the large one have trays I, I i need no, i'm thinking about not. getting one with trays 36 by 24 so basically two foot by three foot for like 30 bucks okay but the thing is like you can put this down and when you glue on it you can you know wipe the glue off later and things of that nature where it doesn't stick to it and they're nice to have around the shop. Right. It's it's smart, you know. I don't like black because of, well, you know, if it goes in the workshop, it's just going to get so dirty. So I'd probably get that gray if I got the large one. Yeah, I think gray would be better contrast on film. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I think the black would be better on film, though. Black with, like, brown and stuff. You're, you're going to see every little piece of dust, though. Either way, it doesn't matter. There are silicone mats. That's them. Well, cool. We should. I, I might try the silicone mat thing, especially since wood glue won't stick to it. Because I've got some of those uh, silicone yeah. wood glue brushes, and they yeah. come with a little silicone tray. And so it's nice to know that you can drip glue all over that. And so I might go that route because I'm getting tired of trying to scrape glue off my workbenches. Or sand it down again. <laughs> right. I I have done that too many times. (laughs) So I've got a question for you. We may have talked about this before. Um, What, what, what are your choices for, for personal protective equipment, PPE? What do you use for hearing protection when you're out in the shop? I don't talk about that on this show. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I actually found some really nice uh, hearing protection the other day. It's by uh, 3M. I'm going to look to see. I, I bought it on Amazon. And they okay. were inexpensive, and they're the best hearing protection that I've bought in a long time. And then um, I also buy, but I did not put these on here. Is this it? Because part of it is you want to make sure, yeah, this is it. You want to make sure that it has uh, a good rating on it, not just mm-hmm. like 
uh, cusper rating, but you know, it, it gives you a noise rating as far as your right. NRR. And this is 30 decibels. And mm. these are very comfortable for me. They do good. And like, so to go from 24 to 30, it's three more dollars. So okay, yeah, it's worth it. So I use those. And then um, the mask I use, uh, it's downstairs. I can't remember. I you Maybe you know which mask you use. I um I have several. I've got one of the 3M ones that use the cartridges. Yeah. And uh and I tried out some of those neoprene masks. And so the neoprene mask they have a, a filter and and the mask kind of wraps around your face. And I can't say that I'm happy with either one of them. I find them all to be uncomfortable and not really don't really I feel like they do a good good enough job um of covering up my face and having you know, gaps and stuff. Uh, so it's because this um, is what I use. And I, I think this might be what you're talking about. I'm not sure. You can tell me if that's not, is that what you're talking about? Um, like no, no, nothing like either one of those. Uh, but the three ends with the cartridge is what I was talking about. So I've got one of okay. those as a respirator. And so it has these cartridges that are on the side that are these big pink things you can take on and off. And again, there's the neoprene ones that are just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Uh, I've got a couple of those. None of them have really worked for me. I use these. I, I, it's by GVS. They're they're fine. I like these. But what I've been thinking about doing is they sell the ones now that are almost that are like the full shield. I kind of want to do that because then it becomes eye protection and ear protection all in one. I just don't know how it'll do with my glasses. That's one problem that I have is I'm constantly fogging up the glasses. Let me show you what I'm talking about, the neoprene one. Okay. Um, I think that the ones I have are actually Harbor Freight and they come with, uh, you can see oh, here, the hearing yes. protection. I hate those. I, I hate yeah. Those. yeah, I hate it. It's like they, they wrap over your, uh, around the back of your head and it's just like, eh, uh, they're always fogging up. And so I, I am not enjoying that. Now for, for headphones or for ear protection, I use these right here. These are decibel defense. And I don't remember what their rating was, so I just pulled them up right now and see if I can find the rating on Amazon. Uh, let's see. Uh, NRR of 37 decibels and OSHA NRR of 34. That's so, good. 34. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. That's I, really good. I wear, yeah. I wear these cutting the grass and everything else. So, so how much are those? That's these better were, than mine. These were 24 bucks. Oh, that's good. As long as I, I always wonder how that's actually established you know what i mean like is it right right is it like your our the car things where we really don't have any idea what's really <laughs> we need someone to do um earmuff dino tests that can actually test them on youtube so we'll know if they're yeah. if they're it's doing us. the job is this good yeah yeah right. what <laughs> i can't hear you they work <laughs> or we'll be hearing only them they'll be like yelling and screaming at us you'll be like oh right. So I, I've been, so this is one thing that I've been interested in. I, I wonder like if these are just terrible or what, but maybe you have an idea. I don't know if maybe, or maybe someone in the chats use these, but something like this. Oh, that's got a full face cover over it. Right. Cause it, then it covers you completely from dust. And now a lot of people will use these for like painting and chemicals, but they also sell them for woodworking. Oh Lord. That's like <laughs> everything but the hearing protection. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would still need hearing protection, but uh, see, I'm kind of like thinking that might be kind of nice for, they, they sell some that are just masks. Right. But the problem with like this, like this, right. The problem with that is you're still breathing in 
Right. Right. That's stuff. that's just a face shield. Right. Like you and you can buy a bunch of those. So I don't want that. But I am wondering about something like this if I would like that better. Almost like a, a giant uh scuba diving mask or something like that. So what I've got looks more like this right here. I don't think this is the exact one, but I've got one of these. Ah, there we go. Oh yeah. Yeah, I used to have one of those. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's it's decent. Um I like it better than the neoprene, but it's still not terribly comfortable. I don't think really any of them are very comfortable to be honest with you. Uh, the right. the GVS is like the most comfortable one I found, but Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that is a big thing. Maybe someone has some better ideas for those what i used to use is i used to buy the ones from harbor freight and i'd like to find a more expensive like better ones because harbor right. freight ones are eh. but they were headphones so turn on and they have battery power and you turn them on and then everything below i'm sorry everything above 85 decibels it would cut out mm. and the cool thing about that is when someone would walk in the workshop and start talking to you you could hear them and the reason why that's important is I have my back to the door most of the time. If I'm on right. that table saw and someone comes in and startles me. Right. That's scary. Yeah. So that's I, how you lose fingers. Right. So that's one of those reasons why I like, uh, I'd like to find one that's better that does that. I know they sell them for firing ranges, gun ranges and things of that nature. I just need to find one that I feel has the, uh, that I feel is reliable and has good NRR rating. Cause I just don't trust the ones from Harbor Freight. Right. I, I don't know that I would trust Harbor Freight um, safety stuff. One of those neoprene ones that I've got is uh, Dust Mask is Harbor Freight. It's just kind of like, eh, yeah, it's not really doing it for me. Um, I, I agree. I But I, I know they have some, you know, and I don't care. You know, some people want to listen to music and stuff while they're cutting. I don't like to do that. To me, once again, that's just another thing that could just take my mind off of what I'm doing and I just don't. I, I'll, I'll put in earbuds, listen to some podcast or something. Uh, whenever I'm working, there's some there's some podcasters who talk about how to do YouTube better that I'll listen to when I'm working on a Saturday or something. But uh, for the most part, I I would try to to focus on what I'm doing, especially if I'm, you know, I don't need music while I'm running the table saw or the router. There's the 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 the, the machine itself is music enough. <laughs> So one of the guys said the North mask is the best. So I looked up the North full respirator mask, $316. See why? Well, you know, if that's what it takes to save your lungs, then, you know. (laughs) Well, that's true. That is a good point. You know, I mean, if I were, you know, working someplace where where OSHA was a concern, I would probably definitely go that route. Um, Man, we've been at it for an hour. Are there any, any other items you want to talk about before we wrap it up? Now, you know, you can go and check some other things. I didn't really, I had a lot of stuff on there, but some of it I've already mentioned before, like the automatic wire stripper. And you mentioned a crimper for your big ones. I I had a crimper for small things, nothing, nothing real big on there. I tried to keep mine to be uh, affordable, affordable stuff that you could buy and it might actually be useful for you. I've got a question about your automatic wire strippers. Um, so this is the pair I've got and I had lost my strippers, but found them later and just needed to grab some. And I was in Harbor Freight and I grabbed these, they were under 10 bucks. And the thing I don't like about them is they cut into the wire just a little bit right here where it, um, 
this part right over here where it grabs a hold of the wire and holds it will sometimes cut into the insulation a bit. The more expensive crippers that you're using, do they work a little bit better? They're, uh, they're perfect. I mean, I'm not sure what you're saying. Like, what's going on? Is it uh, so, so? I will say, I had some really, I bought some from AutoZone that should be good. I mean, they're AutoZone. You know, I paid probably twice the price of the Kleins. They're junk. I hate them. They're <laughs> terrible. Like, they're awful. But I was in a bind and I needed some that day and I didn't want to drive 35 miles down the road to right. go get some. I want to drive five miles, pick those up. They're junk. The Kleins are the way to go. They're blue. I linked them in the description. They're also, I mean, as soon as you, you, you can put three wires in there and you'll crimp them all at the same time, same length, whatever you, I mean, they're just, they're just good. They just work, but no, they don't, they don't damage the shield or anything. Uh, awesome. But well, the cheap ones do. Yeah. Tell me, Nick, what have you got coming up next on your channel? So here's the deal. Uh, those that haven't watched it, check out the uh, DSP amplifier video. It is pretty cool. The uh, KABD boards by Dayton Audio. I think they're very powerful for what they are. And I think they might be one of the most powerful, like all-in-one DIY boards that you can buy. Uh, they just, and, and what Parts Express has done to simplify it for you to be able to utilize, which I went through in the video, is really important because that's always been the nick uh, or the knock with those, right? It's always been like, uh, like it looks cool, but I open up Sigma Studios and I'm like, what do I do now? So the fact that they already have projects already laid out for you and things of that nature is, is huge in my opinion. Um, the next thing that I have coming out is if you guys watched the, uh, the audience 212 video, I have a video coming out where I'm talking with just Mark from SB audience. And he just tells you a little bit about SB Audience. It's not a sales pitch. It's literally him just telling you honestly what SB Audience is about. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He tells you the deficiencies. He tells you the good things about it. And if you're one of my patrons, get a lot of video that will not be in the final video. So uh, feel free to become a patron if you want to see that, because there is actually some really cool stuff that we talk about in the beginning that uh, won't be in the other video that I think you would find very beneficial and useful. <laughs> I keep talking when I'm muted. I, awesome. I haven't caught your video on the KAB board yet. I was uh, busy yesterday. Yesterday was Easter and I had family over. I was, I was grilling steaks and having a good time. So I haven't done my usual YouTube thing. I'm really behind. I'm backed up on projects and I need to get some videos out. So my goal this week is to edit the footage for these beauties right here. You can see behind me is the Dinas. I've, I've finished the Dinas. I've, um, um, oh, look at it flex y'all. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> that is awesome. You did a great job on those too. I, you know, they turned out great. I put a lot of work into them. Um, and so here's the, the backstory y'all that I'll tell y'all on the stream. Okay. And Nick knows about this. Uh, I was uh, finishing these things up and I was doing a sound <laughs> test and I plugged them in and they didn't sound good. I was thinking, uh oh, these things sound bad. And I've got to, I've got to call Nick and tell him, I'm sorry, man, but the speakers you designed that I just built, they sound bad. And, uh, and what do I do? And I had them hooked up to this amp right here. This is one of those little Lapai amps from Parts Express. And I swapped out the amp and I switched it out to the uh, the Dayton Audio Bluetooth amp from Parts Express. And they sounded better. I think this little Lapai amp was just dirty. And this little Parts Express has a amp has a single tone control. Uh, 
And so you can either lean it towards treble or bass. And I turned all towards bass and the harshness I was hearing and the treble went away. And you can see the flex right there that I got from it. And so I, I think this is looking good. You can see the little four inch driver flexing in that shot. If you look real close, um, I'm happy with the way it turned out. So um, and, the color was really popped. And so hopefully I'll have a video up for y'all later on in the week. So. So he's saying phase was off. The phase wasn't off. It was, uh, you're seeing the passive radiator on one and you're seeing the, um, the woofer on the other, but here's, here's the deal. What's going on uh, that I want to mention with you. Um, and everyone that's listening, these are the passive version of the Dinas, which is actually really cool. I'm really excited that he's the first one to really build these. And the thing that I've always was concerned about making a passive version was the fact that I feel like one of the things that made the Dinas so cool is that you could go on the back of the amplifier and you could turn up your bass, right? And you could just bass out if you wanted to. And so what I told Justin, and the same thing I'll tell anyone that's listening, is if you're going to hook these up to an amplifier, I would highly recommend you hook it up with something with a bass control so that you can turn up and down your bass. Because when you do that, that's all of a sudden where you're going to start really loving these speakers, in my opinion. Because without that bass control... You just you lose a little bit of what the dinas can potentially give you. I'm I'm uh I'm I'm happy with the results. I'm looking forward to getting the the footage edited down. Um, I don't know if you saw it just then, but they just shook and they moved in the in the shot. Uh, the, they were in a different position and they moved. So I'm really really excited about the about these. Probably going to give these to the teenager and let him use them in his room. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, good. Turn that noise down. So um, there's some questions about the passives and, and being in phase versus out of phase. And so just um, I want to address that real quick. Uh, a passive radiator works exactly the same as a port. And when you're at the port tuning frequency, whether it's a port or a passive, the passive radiator will be, uh, Nick, did you freeze? No, okay. Nope. Um, the passive radiator will be one cycle behind the active driver. And and as you move away from the tuning frequency, either up or down, the passive will start to get slightly out of phase. And so the passive will roll off steeper than a, uh, a passive radiator will roll, roll off steeper than a ported enclosure will. In fact, it's a fourth order roll off or a fifth order roll off. And so as you play lower and lower, it becomes more out of phase. And so if you run, what are these tuned to, Nick? What's the tuning frequency on these things? Uh 32 or 35? I 32, can't 35. Yeah, it sounds about right. And so if you get, you know, two octaves below that, it's completely out of phase and they're fighting against each other, but the little woofers couldn't play that low anyway. So, um, so, you know, being out of phase, they're slightly out of phase everywhere except for um, the, uh, the, the, the box frequency, the tuning frequency. I feel like I did a bad job explaining that, but yeah, people that. look at these and go, Oh, they're out of phase. It's like, well, they're kind of support is supposed to be. Um, yeah. And Elliot did a good job explaining it in the chat too. And, and he's right. You know, like with the, with the dinos, especially if you're listening close to your desk, if you want like really good bass, low level, you need a baseball. And I hate this. You just do. And that's, that's the reason why a lot of people said, you know, why did I hold off so long in making a passive version? It's because of that. Like that was my fear. Cause when you tune a speaker like this, even if you tune it up a little odd in the bass section, which it is a little bit, it just, it doesn't come through the same with that powered version because the powered version, it doubles the base to the right. Like you get double base, double the power to your uh, woofer, and then you can just 
blast that thing like none other. So yeah. Anyway. I, I oh agree. yeah, and that and that little five and a quarter inch tame bank subwoofer, you can just abuse the hell out of those things. They can just they can just take it. <laughs> they can just take it. <laughs> Anything you'd hook up to that, they can handle it just fine. And now I kind of want to use I I, I I know we're leaving. Now I kind of want to use that DKAB board and and use one with like the potentiometer for the bass and the treble and create like a maybe a, a fully linear version and then you like well, so. I mean, you could do what you were talking about earlier with that KEB board, and you could uh, have the master and slave and the DSP, and you could do a four-channel DSP on one of these. Well, I mean, I can. I don't even have to because I can just hook it up one like on the each. normal. Yeah, just two. Yeah, well, two. One for the high end and one for the low end. Right. Okay. Uh, the high end, I can. I just use one crossover component between. So you you would have one passive component but it would save you 50 or 80 bucks for another you know board so you know <laughs> it'd be <laughs> it's worth it it's, put that oh, one passive fun. component in <laughs> it'd be fun all right well we've we've gone over by about 12 minutes and so we need to wrap it up so uh nick it's been fun and uh let me how do i get rid of this co comment there we go it has been fun so we're going to sign off i'm justin the diy audio guy and i will see you on the next adventure See you guys.